Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Investing. I'm Tim Diesel, and today I'm going to talk about credit lines, credit in general, pretty much just to kind of give you the do's and don'ts of what you want to do right now from what I learned basically from the last um, crash or tightening that we had. So you could always go to www.dieselcommercial.com. And on there, you can get access to our articles if you want to reach out to me, if you have um, uh, needs for a property in Florida, maybe you need help with, even if it's not in Florida, you just want to reach out to me and maybe get my opinion on it or however way I can help you. That would be great. So let's talk about just credit in general. And you guys will probably, uh, what's going to happen is now I'm going to have to release a lot more information quickly just because of the way the market is turning. And I don't want any of you guys left behind. I really want uh, people profiting from this and, and making the right move because a lot of what I'm hearing out there is is kind of scary. So keep in mind, I'm a broker as well as an investor. So I help clients buy property and I buy my own property. So, and obviously, if you heard the last week, I have a title company now. So sometimes there's a deal I'm not even involved in, but we're commissioned to do the title work. So I I get access to a lot of deals. I see a lot of things happening and um, you're getting insight pretty much from all angles. So I um, definitely want to give you what I can. So let's take a step back about 2008 or nine when everything kind of fell down and fell apart. I think it was about six months to a year after uh, credit lines started getting taken away. So if you had a, maybe a uh, credit line, a personal credit line or a business credit line of 100K, sometimes they would reduce it, but more than likely they would close it down if you owed nothing on it. Now what I'm happening now, what I'm hearing from a lot of my clients and students is if you have a 15 or $20,000 credit card and you owe, let's say $8,000, they're reducing your credit line or credit card or whatever it is you have down to what you owe on it. So it's not technically a negative rating, but if you look at your credit report, it shows that your debt to income ratio or your debt to utilization ratios are, are getting out of whack here, which really is no fault of your own, but inevitably your credit score is going to go down. Now, there's something else I'm hearing that a lot, of, a lot of investors own homes, right? They own apartments, they own retail properties, but they also own their own home. So you'll hear a lot of people doing forbearance right now. And I didn't know about this till about a few days ago. A few of my clients had told me when they looked at their credit report, that forbearance is reducing their credit score. So it's showing up as... It's not really showing up as a late, but it's impacting their, their credit score because there's a note on there as if um, something along the lines of, and I better double check it. It says something about client took the forbearance um, and it, it, it's a hit on your credit report in terms of the score. So it does impact you. And they, and I kind of know what they're trying to do. They don't want you to refinance, pull all your cash out and then do a forbearance, which is kind of what happened last time. Uh, right around 2000, I, I want to say eight or nine, um, I heard of a lot of people pulling out cash and then they couldn't make their payments. So 
And you're going to see a lot of that happening now. This is still the early stages. I, I believe, my opinion, it's going to get a lot worse. It's going to get really messy and it's going to get really crazy. So it's going to hurt commercial a lot because um, it, it, it's just it's something commercial hasn't seen when businesses aren't even open. And people will say, yeah, apartments are going to be great. Well, no, that's not true. People that live in apartments, especially B or C, uh, class B or C units, well, they need jobs. How do you think they're paying you know, the landlord? And if you don't have three times your income, which is most of these class A properties, but I know in a lot of class C properties, they let the income slide to maybe uh, two times. So if you make $1,000, you have, um, uh, or let's, that's, that's realistic. That's not realistic. Let's say you make $2,000 a month and your rent's $1,000. The landlord will say, okay, great, you're in there. Now, if they can't pay and you work with them, month one, which is what I've said. I wrote an article about it. And I also am uh, going to be uploading a YouTube video on there about how to work with your tenants. And let's just say you work with them the month of April or May. Well, if everything's still closed and they just legitimately can't work, like they can't get a job, um, that's going to be a problem. So you're kind of stuck you're left holding the bag because if you do not make that mortgage payment, well, eventually your property is in jeopardy, right? So what do you do? Because what a forbearance is, is if you owe $1,000 a month on your mortgage, and I think we all kind of know the basic concept. So let's say I'm not going to pay for April, May, and June. So I've got three months where I'm not paying. Well, when that payment comes up, you're paying for all those months. So now you owe about three or four grand. So the odds of you having three or four grand are going to be slim because you haven't gotten a job if you're a homeowner, right? And if you're a homeowner, but you own commercial property, that could be bad. But if it's the other way around and maybe you're just a renter and you're renting a house, well, the house you're living in is owned by someone. Maybe he's not making his mortgage payment. So it's, it's going to be a domino effect and it's all going to trickle down. It's going to be... Um, very uh, interesting to see uh, what's going to happen exactly and how it's going to play out. So if you're buying property, I've urged everybody, be very careful. I've been talking about it since last year. Do not just jump in and get excited. And if you see a property with, I don't know, some of these things are going for over 115000 a door. I mean, it's getting absolutely ridiculous. Those deals, those days are going to be over. The sellers are, are really going to have to get off their high horse sooner or later. And the worst part is I think it's not because they want to. I think they have to. And it's really going to depend on credit. This entire real estate business is, a lot of it is based on credit. We would not be buying these properties if credit was not available. Very rarely do I do deals of 3 or $4 million and somebody says, I'm just going to pay all cash. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why not utilize the bank's 80%, 75% financing and leverage your money and get into other deals, right? We've all been taught that. Even with a single family home, it doesn't matter. The same principles apply. Most of the time, people aren't paying $500,000 for their house if they can get a loan on it, if they could write off the interest and so, such other benefits apply as well. So if credit is not available, you should ask yourself, what can I do? If my credit line's shut down, what do I do? 
See, it's not enough to think, oh, if I had the chance, oh, what about all these properties? Well, the reason these investors in 2011, 2012 got these great, fantastic deals is because they had the opportunity to buy them when nobody else did. So even if you knew something was a good deal, maybe for $500,000 for a 20-unit building, you just couldn't buy it. It's not that you were blind and you, you, you thought, well, I don't know about this 30000 a door. You just couldn't get your hands on it. So because you were dealing with uh, you know, foreclosures, maybe job loss, whatever the case was. So all these things are going to happen again. And it's just a matter of who's prepared for some of these things. And some of these syndications are going to be in trouble as well, right? Because everybody got into apartments. And you got to remember, when everybody's doing something, it's not very good. So you really have to kind of balance your situation right now as best you can. And I don't know everyone's situation. I'm just giving you guys a heads up on your credit lines and your credit cards. Um, And if you're doing forbearance and you have a lot riding on your credit, be very careful of that. If you're going to do refinance, be very careful of how you're going to play things out, right? So uh, secure your income source as much as possible. And I, I know everybody's uh, doing different things. Some people have a job. Maybe you're a, I don't know, computer programmer, and now you're working from home and business as usual. But what if you're a bartender and bars aren't open right now, so you're having a tough time? So it just really depends on that. Um, now, I'm going to be releasing a 12-week course for beginners And I'm going to probably be doing that this week. And it's going to be 12 weeks. I'm going to go real slow. It's going to be a a beginner's guide on how to invest in commercial real estate and what you're doing. And it's going to be really cheap. It's going to be like 100 bucks. And I'm going to walk you through every week. We're going to go through something nice and slow and really just give you an understanding and a grasp of everything. Because if you're starting out or maybe you have a few properties Because if you have one or two properties, you're really not an expert, but you know a lot, right? You're just, maybe you haven't seen everything. So I kind of want to cater this to people who are starting out and I really want to help as much as possible. So I do believe though, there's going to be massive opportunities coming along, but it's not for everybody. A lot of people are going to get wiped out. I mean, I saw this happen and um, it will happen again. So just be very careful of what you're doing and how you're doing it. You really want to protect your credit only to a certain extent because, again, there was a time in 2011 and we were putting 40% down on properties and it was tough to finance. Banks did not want to do it. And I thought, that's crazy. That, that's so secured. And I'm talking about like an eight or a nine unit property, like an apartment building. I'm not talking about anything massive. These things were like a million and a half, maybe a million two. And that wasn't good enough. And I have a feeling that'll happen again. Now, uh, depending on how foreclosures work, if you are, and I'll kind of give you guys a simplified scenario of this. This is an exact uh, formula, but I want to wrap your head around something. If, let's say, I don't know, Chase Bank uh, had a loan on a 10-unit apartment building, and Chase doesn't do uh, uh, apartment financing, so this is a good example. And they are wanting to foreclose on that property. Well, if the government bails them out and they're solvent again, all they have to do is just 
unload that property, get it off of their books, right, to be whole again, or they're already technically whole, but they're going to unload that property and do what they can with it. So this is how a lot of these uh, prior deals were getting done because banks had too much property on their hands and it was good deals, but for the ones who could buy it. So it's not that these investors are all geniuses and smart. I mean, no, it's just they have the ability to buy them. So you want to keep yourself in a position where you have the ability to buy these properties. And I hope that was helpful. If you guys have anything else, reach out to me. Let me know what you want to hear. I'm going to try to keep you guys in front of all of this as much as possible. Thank you so much.